0: I think when we are starting out, we are so driven and there's so much pressure that oftentimes we put on ourselves to go, 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 say yes to everything, put ourselves out there nonstop and not take a break. And we're so scared of missing an opportunity that oftentimes we can burn out. We can, you know, adopt unhealthy behaviors.
1: and welcome to the Millennial Health Podcast. I'm Dr. J. Sheree Allen, a board-certified family physician who's passionate about the health of my fellow millennials. I know we're booked and busy, but your first wealth is your health. So I'm taking some of my most important health messages and bringing them here to you on this podcast. My goal is to share some valuable information and draw awareness to some important health topics, but I encourage you to please consult your physician for personalized medical advice. We are joined today on the Millennial Health Podcast by one of the people who I think has become a pandemic friend. Is that a thing? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have uh, become so accustomed now to making like really good friends we've never met in real life (laughs) from the internet. And uh, Dr. Shilka, you are absolutely one of them. So welcome to Millennial Health. Thank you for having
0: me. Any 30 minutes, hour, minute I get to spend with you is like soul food. It's like (laughs) literally like it just hits my soul because you and I met and instantly had a connection and I can send you like random pictures of me at Dairy Queen. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just have this connection and it's not always that you find someone like that. And the pandemic has been so hard and it's really nice having friends who understand what you're going through.
1: Yeah, that has been amazing for me, too. I was actually quite shocked at like how well we connected. Even that very first phone call we were talking, I was like, okay, I think I have to go back to work now. Yeah, we could talk for hours. Yes. Yes. So then I think that brings me to one of the first things I wanted to bring up. You know, the pandemic has really created... Um, such an isolated bubble for a lot of us, right? What are some of the ways that you have been able to maintain uh, your relationships or even build and cultivate new relationships? We're not traveling. We're not meeting for coffee. I haven't seen you at your conference yet, right? Uh, How can we avoid some of this isolation with the means that we have available to us?
0: For me, I've had to really simplify my relationships. And I think more than ever, there's been times in the last year and a half where I have felt surrounded by people, like specifically in my house, (laughs) where I can't get away, (laughs) right? Or in your workspace where you're surrounded by people and yet you feel very alone, alone in your struggle or alone in whatever you're going through. And I've had to really pull back the last 18 months and really clarify my circle and not put so much expectation on myself and my friends in that circle. Meaning sometimes I want to text you or write a super long thing and I don't have time, but I'm thinking of you and you're on my mind. And instead of overanalyzing that, just going, I'm going to send her a one sentence or a funny picture To connect because it's better than me overthinking like, oh, I should really sit down and write a long email. And she's going to think that I'm not a very good friend if I don't really engage for a long time. Most of us don't have that energy. So I think sometimes in this world we're living in, we have to stop looking backwards and thinking, oh, that was the measure of how we, we had relationships and friendships. This is kind of new. This is our new normal. And what we can give to people is probably not as much at the end of our day as what we could before. And so instead of making ourselves feel worse about that, I'm just learning that I really have to have a smaller circle. And even the people that I have in my circle, lower expectations of what I can give them and what I expect from them to give me, because we are all just burdened with life and work and survival right now.
1: Did it take you a while to get to that space in life where you are comfortable, you know, um, bringing your circle all the way down to a much smaller crew, you know, the important people? I'm just thinking for those of us as millennials who are so fixated sometimes on like building our network and meeting new people and, you know, doing new things. How do we kind of straddle that fence that, you know, knowing that we're probably a little earlier in our careers, a little more vulnerable in some of our relationships, but to survive this pandemic and really thrive actually after it, I think we're going to have to do some of the things you're suggesting. I think that's a good point.
0: And I think it's really important to understand that when you are younger, building your career, starting out, making those connections, it's important to understand that it's okay not to count every person as a friend. Uh, I think sometimes you have work colleagues or you even have connections that you know, may help you write a paper or get a talk or network somehow, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person has to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that took me a long time to figure out because I'm the type of person that wants to be everybody's friend and wants to give all of me to everyone, but I can't do that. I mean, I just physically, emotionally cannot do that. And there's times where you're going to have relationships with people and it's simply business. And that may sound a little harsh, but you don't have to give all of yourself to every person you meet is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a friend to every person you meet. You should be respectful, obviously, and you should, you know, elevate people that elevate you. It's taken me a long time to understand that I cannot give myself and be friends with everyone That I even respect, support, and amplify. There are a lot of women that I amplify their work. I promote them. I don't really count them as a friend. I wouldn't want to have a glass of wine or a coffee date with them like I do with you, you know? Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That is okay. So I think sometimes we have to understand that you're gonna connect with some people and it's just purely a professional connection. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Save your energies and save your yourself for those people in your life that are
1: really truly in your circle that need you. Okay. That is true. So- one of uh, the things that I really admire about you, your tagline, are you brave enough? That really stuck out uh, to me when we first met, because it's a question that I think deep down a lot of us ask ourselves, to be honest, especially in our professions. Uh, sometimes we question that in our personal lives. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, I'm about to be a mom, and it's like, oh, you know, what's what's on the horizon? And so I am curious to learn a little more about your journey to becoming brave enough. And what are some of the key lessons that you think would have been helpful had you known that as a millennial or that you like to share with millennials? Such a good question. I think I probably
0: wasted so much energy early in my career saying yes to everything mm-hmm not having a mentor that really could help me learn how to say no to things or what things I should say no to so that I could focus on, you know, 3 to 5 things a year to elevate my career. And because I didn't have that mentorship, I overcommitted and I was unfocused and I spent so much energy trying to get ahead, but it was like I was just putting out fires and completing all these projects but not moving forward. So I wish I would have had someone that I could just run past things like invitations to speak or invitations to be on committees or invitations to write a paper, and that could have said to me, you know, don't waste your time doing that, focus on this. I wasted so much energy really worrying about what other people thought of me. So the reason I named my company Brave Enough is because. I had this inner desire to really write and blog and do a pod, I mean, all these things I'm doing now, but I wasn't brave enough for years to put my words out there or to put my voice out there. I thought, who's going to listen to me and who's going to care about some opinion of some woman that lives in the middle of, you know, Nebraska, like I'm not anything fancy. I'm just a doctor living in the Midwest. And I really cared what the leaders and what the people around me that were above me of their opinion of me. And so I thought, okay, I need to be brave enough, like just enough brave, not radical, crazy brave, like publishing a blog. I think if you ask most people, they wouldn't be like, wow, that's incredible. They'd be like, oh, so you published a blog. But in my mind, it was terrifying to do that because I didn't know what other people would think of me. I didn't have the courage to really speak my voice. So that's why I called my company Brave Enough because I thought, you know, what's hard for me may not be hard for another woman, but there's something that she's struggling with to find the courage to do, to find her own unique self and ambition and her own voice. And so that's where my company's name started and why I named Brave Enough because I think showing up as yourself every day is the most courageous thing you can do. It's the hardest thing to do. It's so easy to be liked more than it is to be authentic and to make everybody around you like you by hiding a part of
1: yourself. You have inspired such a movement. I hope you know that, by the way. (laughs) You have. I remember uh, being online, just scrolling through my Instagram once and a friend who you don't know at all, and I can't even think where the connection um, would be at this point, I quoted you in something that you'd said, oh. and I'm like, look at Sasha out here changing the oh. world. Oh, <laughs> so you've so truly, incredible. truly inspired a movement. From your perspective, being able to work with women from so many different vantage points, especially professionals and young professionals trying to work their way up that ladder. What are, uh, I would say, two or three of the key things you've seen that you think would be important to highlight for millennials? And totally, everyone is welcome to join your network and start getting your information directly. But I think from what you've seen, what do you wish you could just like share because it's such a recurring theme?
0: Well, first, I really believe in the seasons of life. And I think... All of us go through different seasons. I mean, you're certainly in a season, an exciting season right now. You're (laughs) to become a mom. And I think when we are starting out, we are so driven and there's so much pressure that oftentimes we put on ourselves to go, 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 say yes to everything, put ourselves out there nonstop and not take a break. And we're so scared of missing an opportunity that oftentimes we can burn out. We can, you know, adopt unhealthy behaviors. Certainly, I have in my life. So, I think number one, there is a season for everything. Everyone's in a a different season of life. Sometimes I'm in a season where I am like full on hustle, you know, I'm like Mm -hmm. taking out material and writing a ton and producing a ton. And then there's other, you know, months of my life where I just go into like, kind of a pit for a while and I'm like exhausted and maybe I'm struggling with something in in my family or maybe my kids need me more or my spouse needs me and and it's easy for us to kind of go oh gosh I'm not doing enough I'm not keeping up with the joneses but it is a 35 year career most of us work mm-hmm. 35 years pace yourself give yourself space and grace to go through the seasons of life and just really understand that it's it's a long journey, and then the second thing is just to understand there are people that are not going to like you mm-hmm. You can show up to work every day, you can be the hardest working person in your department, whatever your craft is, you can just nail it, and someone in that area is not going to be into whatever you're into. They are not going to be a fan and the harder you try, it may feel like the more they dislike you mm-hmm. and Sometimes we can get feedback that is constructive and helps us become better people, but you're not going to get it from someone like that. So you have to just not let other people's negative feedback or the fact that they're not a fan distract you from your own mission. Just keep your eye on the prize because as I said, you could be Mother Teresa and someone (laughs) isn't quite you, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just true. Mm -hmm. So just know and understand that that's just part of the working world.
1: I like to say you're not starburst. You won't be everybody's favorite.
0: (laughs) It's so true. It is so true. It's hard. It's really hard to accept that. Isn't it about ourselves? Like it's just hard to accept rejection.
1: It is. It absolutely is. And especially, I don't know if it's a a woman thing. I would love for it to not be, but I, I feel like I have battled with this and a lot of my girlfriends have too, just wanting that acceptance and wanting to to be liked and not wanting anyone to say anything bad about us. You want to be nice or be perceived as being nice. It's it's a pretty hard struggle, actually. Very true, very true. And I definitely think it's harder for women. So I wanted to double back on two really important things you said because I want to make this as practical as possible for millennials listening like oh this is a strategy i can employ or this is a tip that i can use in my own life. So you mentioned identifying a person that you can run, you know, this invitation by or this paper by and say is it worth my time? Is this helping to advance my career goals? How do you identify that individual? What are some of the characteristics or things you should look for?
0: You know, that is a great question. I would say You want to identify someone who has a vested interest in you. You know, sometimes we get mentors that are really more about themselves Mm -hmm. and how we can help them. Yes. (laughs) And sometimes they're helpful in the end, but you have to be careful. I personally act as a mentor for a lot of women who I'm very objective with. Like, I don't work with them in their institution. I don't know everything about their day, but they will send me an email and say, I need a three minute input from you. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, I got asked to do this. Do you think I should do this? And I'll say yes. Or I'll say, I don't think that really aligns with your mission. And they're like, okay, you just confirmed what I thought. I get a lot of those questions. um, I just did today actually. And I never fault someone from asking me, you know, that opinion. So I think you would be surprised at how many people will give you advice I also ask advice like that of other women sometimes or other men that are my mentors. Just like, hey, I need a quick three minute weigh in. What do you think of this? Hmm. And when you give somebody kind of a time, like, hey, it's only going to take you probably three minutes to read this scenario and give me your opinion, most people will do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to have somebody that's objective in your circle that really isn't tied to you saying yes or no to something, you know, that isn't going to pressure you and be part of that pressure, but just going to be honest and say, I don't know that that really fits with what you want to do in your life.
1: That is important. And then what do we do? And this, this could be a whole segment all by itself. So I'll preface this by saying, the, the quick answer, maybe what's worked for you in the past, but you mentioned kind of getting stuck or that recovery from burnout. I feel there've been a million talks and podcasts and lectures on burnout, but I think the objective is after you recognize that you are stuck, you're not moving forward, you're struggling with feeling like you are brave enough. Um, what's that one thing that can really help to get someone out of the mud? so you've got to pull back mm. and spend time
0: alone okay and when people are burned out they're typically really busy and overwhelmed and overcommitted and so when you when i tell them you got to pull back they they look at me like i have you know five heads <laughs> but that's exactly what you need to do because what you need to do is have some self reflection and time alone it doesn't heal all your problems but it allows you to go wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute why am i doing this? Or why am I in this toxic environment? Or why am I allowing this person to upset me? Or why am I spending so much energy and spinning my wheels? I just got to quit this thing or stop doing that. It allows you to have self-reflection, almost like you were to examine another person, examine yourself that way. And it's really, really powerful. It's not isolation, it's solitude. Mm -hmm. And Solitude can be incredibly healing when you are in burnout.
1: That is really good. You know, sometimes you'd think if you are feeling stuck, it's that you're not doing enough. Does that make sense? Like it's that Uh I'm not progressing at a good pace. And so the instinct is to maybe do more or try to take on more. So that's quite interesting that uh, your answer is to, to pull back in those instances. Yes.
0: Yes. And sometimes we find ourselves, especially, I think at least I did early in my career, spending energy on things simply because someone told me I should. Mm. And I didn't actually love it, but I thought, well, this is the opportunity or this is what was given to me. And this is what everybody tells me I should be doing. If you pull back, you might have some self-awareness that maybe you are spending your energy doing something that's not actually your passion or mission or bringing you joy.
1: This is, after all, millennial health. Uh, but I have been learning and growing as I recognize that health is more than just the medical conditions that we face. You know, it's about having conversations like this, it's about your well being, which I think are very important. But I always try to still emphasize that physical and uh, mental health aspect. And I wanted to know your advice, especially from your perspective as a physician, uh, your advice for millennials as it pertains to their health and managing that with what we've been talking about so far, being brave enough, showing up right in your world, being your best uh, version of yourself yourself. I feel sometimes they're just in conflict because you just need to kind of push through. So what advice do you have for us as it regards to our physical and our mental health as we try to do the things you've encouraged us to do today?
0: I think that we have to recognize that the human capacity is enormous, meaning you could work for 16 hours a day for a week. I mean, you really could. Mm -hmm. You you could do it. And then the next week you could go, you know what? I'm going to work for 17 hours a day. And then the next week you could say, you know, I'm doing okay. I could work for 16 hours a day. And it's a slippery slope. And so I think what I have learned is that I typically don't stop working until I crash. And the older I get, the more harmful the crash is for me. Mm -hmm. So I have had to set boundaries for my own health and well-being. I used to get online because my kids would go to bed and I would get online and work. And now I know that I have to shut off everything at 9 p.m. I cannot look at the news. I cannot look at social media. I just have to completely shut down at 9 p.m. because my brain takes about an hour to unwind. And my instinct is just to go, 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 go. I have to set really, really clear boundaries for my own mental health and well-being And it's because, again, (laughs) the harder you work, the harder the crash. So we have an immense capacity to work as high achieving people, especially when we're young. We may have huge career goals. We may have school debt we're trying to pay off. We're like, I'm going to work, work, work. We may not have families yet or other commitments, children. So we're like, you know what? This is what society tells me I should be doing. I should be working like a dog right now because I have the rest of my life to pull back. but. You know, the harder you work, the harder the crash. Mm. So I think you have to be really careful. And for me, it's identifying red flags that start popping up. And those red flags for me are, okay, I'm drinking wine every night. Mm. I don't normally drink wine every night. Why am I suddenly drinking wine every night? I'm eating junk. Why am I craving something salty at night? Oh, it's because I'm stressed because I haven't, actually taken time today to sit and actually have a meal. So those are unhealthy behaviors that creep up for me and they're kind of red flags. And I know that I'm about to crash. So, you know, is there anything wrong with eating chips? No. Is there anything wrong with drinking wine? No. But when it's every night and it's escalating and I'm not being healthy, then there is a problem with that. So I think we just have to really be aware of our own. I call them red flags, or whatever those unhealthy behaviors are that start creeping into your life. That suddenly you're like, "Oh gosh, I'm about ready to burn."
1: Thank you. That's that's a really good one. Very insightful. Well, Dr. Shilka, thank you so much for joining us here at Millennial Health and sharing all of these wonderful tips. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I know our audience appreciates it too, but where can they find you online so they can continue to soak up all of this good information even after listening to this podcast?
0: Well, thank you for having me. You're such a precious friend. You can find me at Become Brave Enough. So become or become brave Those are my insta handles and Facebook handles. And I have a lot of like free download materials on my website, uh, specifically for professional women. So you don't have to be a physician. I have a lot of other people that follow me and I try to really help busy women who are, you know, trying to do all the things find some boundaries. So just go to becomebravenough.com and I have a little Friday newsletter. You can sign up and
1: you'll get all the goodies. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Millennial Health Podcast. Though my goal is to share some valuable information and draw awareness to some important health issues, I encourage you to please consult your physician for personalized medical advice. I hope this information was beneficial to you. And if so, please subscribe to the Millennial Health Podcast and share with your friends. Please also leave us a review. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Dr. J. Sheree, D-R-J-A-Y-S-H-E-R-E-E.